0: celebrating the connection with our pets this is animal radio featuring your dream team veterinarian dr debbie white and groomer joey villani and here are your hosts hal abrams and judy francis
1: and the ladies are all at twitter today because prince lorenzo berghese will be back and uh, well he was a bachelor on uh, what was that abc's bachelor right what do they call that program do you remember the bachelor the bachelor the bachelor bachelor. okay He did not find love there, but uh, he did find love with the animals, and he'll be back again today. I noticed that uh, you're looking very good today, Judy. You
2: dressed up, and <laughs> you do realize it's a phone call, right? Oh, uh, you too. know, girl can hope. I think you're better off not finding love because just think of all the contacts you make on the show. Uh, that's what, I'm, what I'm saying. do you want to find love for? You You got 13 women now. Do you got contacts for?
1: Well, we could ask him about that uh, in just a few minutes. Also on the show today, a lady who makes pants for dogs. I'm just going to let that lay there for a second. (laughs)
3: What what more can you say?
1: (laughs) Let's go to your calls first. Hi, Linda. How are you doing?
4: Hi, I'm fine. Thank you. Where
1: are you calling from today?
4: I'm calling from Huntington Beach,
1: California. It's a Los Angeles area. So what's going on?
4: I have a Red Lord Amazon parrot that I boarded over Thanksgiving for um, nine days, and I've been away from him before, but he's never been boarded.
5: He okay.
4: went to a place that was highly recommended and where he gets groomed every two, three months or so. And when I checked it out, all the birds that were being boarded seemed happy. The environment was warm, but they didn't get covered at night. And now that I have him home with me again, Ever since Thanksgiving he does not wanna be covered and when I cover him, he goes down to the bottom of his cage and he does like what I call crying and he tears his paper apart. It's all shred. And in the morning when I uncover him, he's up on his perch but he jumps down to the bottom of the cage, climbs down there and starts the crying thing all over again
5: okay and is he the only
4: bird in the house or do you have others no he's the only bird and okay. right now it's just him and I
5: okay so, um, for for non-bird owners, the practice of covering a bird at night is for a couple reasons. Uh, the number one reason we cover birds at night is to quiet them down. We want them to have about 12 hours of sleep time per night. Um, so that helps eliminate noise, um, keeps the light down so that they can settle in and sleep at night. It, it isn't required for a bird to sleep. What we have to make sure is that those other factors are eliminated so that there's not excess light, there's not excess noise, so that he can sleep comfortably. So we can completely adapt to him if we wanted to and ensure that he's not covered at night. And if he's comfortable with that and he sleeps soundly, then I would just let things be.
4: Um, Um, I I turn my heater off at night and the house gets colder and he seems to catch colds when he doesn't get covered. He shouldn't. It doesn't get that cold. It gets down mm-hmm. to maybe 65 degrees. Yeah, that's but, I mean, that's kind
5: of the lower end of, you know, kind of the comfort zone of a parrot, but that that doesn't sound like that should be a problem. Does he settle in if you leave him uncovered? Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, depending on your temperature situation and your concerns, because we certainly don't want him to become stressed by the cold. So and we have to remember, you know, birds don't catch colds from cold weather. They catch it from bodily stress, and that allows these colds to take hold. So um, what we would talk about doing maybe is you might look into getting a uh, 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 heating element, uh, like a ceramic heater. And you can look at some of the different bird supply websites. Um, but they use this a lot for birds that are housed outside, you know, people who have aviaries or uh, breeding birds, um, just to help keep their temperatures up in cold temperatures. There's no reason you can't use that in the home. But I, w- if you use that, my cautions with any kind of heaters with birds are only um, to really purchase bird-specific heaters because you don't want to use, like, little space heaters. There's actually been shown um, information that shows that a lot of these space heaters we use for humans actually have the same um, component that's in Teflon that's toxic to birds. So that can actually cause sudden death in birds if they're exposed to this Teflon that's overheating. Um, but that's more for like the human little space heaters that you'd be worried about. But if okay. you look for actually bird heaters, they can either affix to the cage or the nearby area. And they're ceramic, so there's no light. So they can still sleep. We don't disrupt their sleep patterns, but it helps to keep an, um, kind of a warm zone in the area for them. And that might help reassure you if you, you, know, you can't uh, cover them for the warming benefits, but um, you know, still, still give them a little extra uh, warmth support there.
4: Okay. And the other thing he picked up, another bad habit he picked up there...
5: Uh oh! What? Well, my goodness! Those birds over there—they must have been a bunch of thugs, huh?
4: <laughs> I think so. Um, he doesn't like cell phones now.
3: Oh! <laughs> he'll
4: fly the cage, and you're just, if just—I'm just holding my cell phone. He'll okay. even attack me. Really? To the point of he'll leave beak marks on me, and wow. I was like, I don't know what's going on with him.
5: Yeah, well, obviously there was some association with a cell phone or something resembling that. So um, the challenge is that we, you know, it seems unreasonable to us when, when a bird responds this way to an inanimate object. But, you know, they're prey animals, so their instincts are to be fearful of anything that's suspicious, that's new, or that just outright frightens you at time. And, and certainly a cell phone can make noise that could become startling to a bird, depending on what the ringtone is set at um or or what they hear or the proximity to them say even while he's sleeping so who knows what happened and i don't know that you know you could figure that out at this point but at this with cell phones at this point you would have to counter condition him to accepting the cell phone in his visual field. So that is done by working towards his current His current belief is that when he sees a cell phone, he freaks out. So he's afraid of that. And so either responds aggressively or fearfully, depending on if he can fly away, get away, or if it's right in his immediate area. So the goal is to try to pair that with something positive and something favorable and change his association from that of being frightened and wanting to flee to saying, okay, this is a good thing and the kind of the concepts the same as dogs you know if we have a dog that's afraid of uh, you know a, a carrier and we want him to get used to the carrier we throw treats in there or we lavish them with love and the same thing for for your bird is what we're going to try to do and, and this would be something at a very you know low level we don't want to force birds <laughs> because they really don't respond well to any kind of force or any kind of discipline when it comes to their fear um and fearful behaviors but um finding what what is his motivator if he loves affection it could be a smile it could be cooing at him it could be a scratch on the head it could be a favorite treat item um, but having just that sight of the cell phone within his uh, sight and then working up to building up positive experiences with exposure limited time not leaving it out and don't try to flood him with that but just little bits at time and rewarding him for that and then getting that item out of the way so it's not on his mind at that point point. and uh, you know you can see if that kind of helps with Conditioning him to accept that in the future. But yeah, he might have, you know, maybe they played like some crazy rock music on a phone or, um, or a bird. I've had birds that board with us that sometimes mimic cell phones and it it can (laughs) really freak you out. And it could be something as simple as that. As another bird in the area had, um, you know, some, uh, vocal repertoire that included cell phones and it kind of spooked him. Okay. So I hope that can help you some. But yeah the, yeah, the big thing is patience, 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 and just not forcing it with birds. And okay. it sounds like you've got a great relationship with him. And um, most people know what makes their birds tick. It's just a matter of kind of forgetting how people think and thinking like a bird. Yeah,
4: yeah. <laughs> so plug in your bird brain. Okay. Well, thank you very much.
1: Thanks for your call, Linda. We appreciate you listening to Animal Radio. Reach out to the Dream Team and ask your questions of Dr. Debbie or Joey Volani directly from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It gives me great pleasure to bring you Joey Volani, the dog father. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing okay. I, can, I have no complaints at all. But I'll tell you what, one of our listeners had a little bit of a complaint. but oh, We're going to yeah? try to fix that. Okay. Yeah. What she wants to know is she's upset because every time that she has a pet groomed in a professional saw and she wants to know, how come they can get my dog to look so much better? Well, I got a couple of answers better for that, than but one. I also has better, some, better, better, better than the professionals can. could oh, do okay. it. But you know, she can't get it to look that way and she can't understand why, but I'm going to give her some tips to get it real close. Number one is the uh, is first thing you got to recognize is you don't have the proper equipment, or most people don't. You're not going to have the high-velocity dryers and the, the special um types of tools that you would need to do it. So this is what you're going to do. If you got a short-haired dog or a long-haired dog, you have to do an ideal brushing before. You bathe the pet. Now, what this is going to do is going to loosen everything up, okay? So it's going to loosen up all that dead hair that's stuck in there. Now, most professional pet groomers don't do it because they get a high-velocity dryer. So when they dry it, it actually helps pull that out. But when you don't do that at home, if you don't have that equipment, what happens is that hair gets trapped in there. So when it dries, it's really hard now to come out or it's overwhelming because you have so much hair and so much coat that's coming out. The other thing is you're finding all the knots and tangles. And by brushing and combing, you're also stimulating the skin a little bit. It's almost as if you are um, exfoliating. On, On most bottles, it says two baths two baths that's nonsense bathe until the pet is clean until you actually have no more dirt running off your pet and that sounds unusual but you'd be surprised at how many people say well I followed the instructions I gave my pet two baths well your, your dog is still dirty your cat's still dirty and use a product that's made for pets now a little trick here buy yourself a silicone based spray made for pets you use it sparingly you spray that on while the dog is wet let your pet now air dry a good 80% of the way. And now you're going to take your brush and the comb when they're just damp, and you're going to brush through, and you're going to spray a little more silicone spray on it. if it's a short-haired dog, you're going to use a rubber curry brush. If it's a long-haired dog, you're going to use your metal slicker brush. That's the brush that you see in the shelves in the store. If you're confused, ask the person who works in the, in the store. And then when your dog is just about 100% dry, one more brush and comb, and you want to know something, you're going to look at it and say, wow. I did a damn good job there. Almost as good (laughs) as my grandma.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hey, this
6: is John Sally, and you are listening to Animal Radio. Go vegan.
7: How would you like to save money on nearly all your prescription drugs? We've set up a special toll-free number for the Rx Outreach Program. Call with your prescription and find out for free how little you can pay for your prescription drugs. Remember, we don't take insurance, so call right now.
8: 800-689-0143. 800-689-0143. 800-689-0143. That's 800-689-0143.
0: Listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at animal or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
1: Welcome, my friend. It's Animal Radio. We're celebrating the connection with your pet. We'll head back to the phones in just a couple of seconds. I noticed about three or four weeks ago, maybe even a month and a half ago on Facebook, <laughs> there was a survey. How do dogs wear pants? And you were supposed to chime in. How do dogs wear pants? Do they wear they're the back two legs, just uh-huh. uh, or all four
2: legs. What would pants look like on a dog?
3: Pants would be the back two legs, and the shirt or top would be the front two legs.
2: Mm. Unless yeah, it's like the arms. That's correct, because that's how we think it is.
1: Well, you know, and uh, if you partake in that survey, you may have answered that way or not. But uh, it did make me think about it. And then I saw this lady who makes pants for dogs called Mozzie Pants. Julie Korth is joining us. Hi, Julie. How are you doing?
9: I'm great.
1: So now how do do dogs wear pants? What do pants look like on dogs?
9: (laughs) We can help you with that survey. So we have a couple different items in our line. We actually have pants that go on the back and the elastic hits about um, right behind their front legs. And we have a walking pant that allows them to go to the bathroom outdoors, cover wounds and hot spots. We have an original pant made for indoor use because it also deals with incontinent, submissive pain, and females and heat, so it has a padded area. Ah. And then our t-shirts could be considered dog pants as they cover the front legs of the dogs, and they also cover wounds or hot spots and keep the outdoor grime outdoors, so no more toweling off at the door.
1: How does someone get into making pants for dogs? <laughs>
9: That's a very good question. So I suddenly lost my position in my company and decided it was time to live my dream. And on that particular day, my dream was to make dog pants. Um, Mozzie is my rescue, and I had made pants for previous dogs as they got older and had incontinence issues or hot spots or wounds because I didn't want them to wear a cone And when we got Mozzie, he was actually living on the streets in Southern California and had never had exposure to being indoors and had a lot of other challenges, as you can imagine. And so marking was a big issue in potty training. So I made the original pants for him. And when he would mark in the house, I would just gently take them off, take him outside, let him smell the marked pants let him go to the bathroom, give him a treat, tell him good boy, bring him in, and I'd put on a clean pair of the pants. And within five days, he was out of the crate, not marking, and unsupervised with my other dog, and did perfectly. Wow. And then I also had the challenge, though, it was around the holidays, that we're going to go to other houses, um, and so I was very concerned about him marking it in my mother-in-law's house, as you can imagine, how <laughs> mortifying. Uh, so I brought the pants with me, and we ended up going to about three houses that holiday season. And I would put the pants on and kind of go through the same process he would mark the first time, um, but then he'd be like, oh, there's more than one indoors. So it was a bit of a revelation for him. And after marking once and changing the pants, he didn't mark again in the other houses. And he, we've had him now since November of 2013, and he's perfect. He's no longer a marker.
1: Wow. So it's it's more than a, a fashion statement. It's really utilitarian is is what these. Are.
9: Absolutely. Okay. Well, absolutely. But they are adorable. And I have to tell <laughs> yes. you, when I was going through the process, right, I was had a, a need. But then I would see the people's faces when they saw the pants on the dogs and they would laugh and light up. And I thought, you know what, I think I'm onto something here. Well, how is um, it
1: doing? How long has it been the business been going?
9: I just launched the website in July of last year. And how's it doing? It's doing great. We're having steady sales every week. Um, My biggest challenge is just letting people know that it's out there so that they know there is such a great product. Um, I do what we call Mozzie Pants 911s, which you can see on our Facebook page. Friday, for example, I had a dog that had a tumor removed, and they got the dog home but it was just a miniature dachshund. So they realized, oh, my gosh, this cone is a nightmare. It's going to hurt her neck, and she's freaking out. So at 8 o'clock at night, I got a phone call because they'd heard about Mozzie Pants, and I went over to their house, and we fitted the pup with original pants, which completely covered the suture, and a T-shirt. And she
3: doesn't have to wear the cone.
1: A cone of shame.
3: Now, like you said, it's also good for, for bad weather if you take them out in the rain. The dogs, I know I walk dogs in. Even if it's not raining, their belly, because they're little dogs, their belly comes back all muddy and dirty and wet.
9: Yes, and all, we live in the city, so all of the street muck gets on. Yes. Um, and then my other rescue, Cody, he has seasonal allergies, and he has hot spots. And I realized if I did the walking pants, for him, which is the crotchless one um, that allows him to go to the bathroom.
3: Wait, 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 wait. What
10: was no that? No jokes. <laughs> what was that? No.
9: <laughs> yes, we have crotchless dog pants. <laughs> oh, no. I have to tell you, I've been out just spreading the word personally, walking in the parks and events and things, and I'll be talking to someone, and I'll tell them about the crotchless pants, And I can't tell you how many gentlemen within earshot, ears have perked over and they have rushed over to learn about my crossless
4: underwear.
2: (laughs) When my dogs wear pants, they're they're a little bit of a pain because they always ask me, Does my tail look fat in these pants?
1: Yeah. (laughs) I hope you answered the right way, Joey. the website is called mozziepants.com that's m-o-z-z-i-e pants.com and links to everything you've heard on today's show over at animalradio.com julie korth joining us thanks so much for hanging with us and telling us about what you do
9: it was a pleasure thank you for having me
8: hi randy travis here and you're listening to animal radio
7: how would you like to save money on nearly all your prescription drugs We've set up a special toll-free number for the Rx Outreach Program. Call with your prescription and find out for free how little you can pay for your prescription drugs. Remember, we don't take insurance, so call right now.
8: 800-689-0143. 800-689-0143. 800-689-0143. That's 800-689-0143.
10: This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. A little noisy in here today, along with Gordy and Lucy, dogs in the studio. But uh, we have some important news, and they wanted to be sure you knew, too, that there is this dangerous strain of dog flu spreading throughout the United States. Health officials confirmed tests showing the virus was found in dogs who stayed at a local kennel and doggy daycare facility there, where at least 80 dogs later developed a respiratory illness since December. The virus began spreading last spring, in fact, in the Chicago area and then sickened more than a thousand dogs in the midwest although most dogs do recover a handful of deaths have been reported it's also spread now to about 25 states experts say this strain of the virus was first seen in asia but only recently appeared in the u.s so no american dogs have built up the immunity to fight it off this dog flu spreads pretty much the same way the human flu does through virus droplets that are put out into the air from a sneeze or a cough or by touching contaminated objects and surfaces and it can live in the environment too for about two days lingering on hands or clothing for as long as 24 hours the most common symptoms you need to watch out for with this dog flu are high fever cough runny nose watery eyes maybe a sore throat and a loss of appetite they say dogs who catch it usually feel kind of puny lousy for about two weeks by the way in asia where canine influenza was first detected it has also been reported to infect cats. in the U.S. they say cases of cats developing dog flu are extremely rare. However, there is some evidence that indicates pet guinea pigs and ferrets could also become infected. Well, did you see the photo of that turkey that took the Internet by storm last week after boarding a Delta Airlines passenger flight? It was hysterical. Shows the bird sitting open-beaked, looking very relaxed while being hugged by its owner. Another photo of the same situation was also shared online of the turkey actually being transported through the airport terminal in a wheelchair. It's believed that the turkey was given a seat on the plane because it was claimed to be an emotional support animal. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com.
11: Hi, this is Dean Coombs on Animal Radio. Please stay and neuter your pet.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. You can download the free
1: Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android and ask your questions directly from the app, as well as uh, uh, get all the latest and breaking news, the news that uh, really does affect you, like recalls, that kind of stuff. Make sure the food that you're feeding your animals is safe. You'll hear about it immediately if you have that app. And uh, it's made possible by Fear Free Happy Homes. Helping your pets live their happiest, healthiest, fullest lives at home, at the vet, and everywhere in between. Visit them at fearfreehappyhomes.com. And thanks, Fear Free, for underwriting Animal Radio. Go ahead and download that puppy now. Aaron, what's going on with your dog? Um,
12: well, he has fairly severe allergies, um, including hypersensitivity to his own demodex canis and um, including allergies to people as well as a lot of foods. So I was wondering if what I could do to minimize that. I've gone through all of the steroids, all of them, atopica, prednisone, um, and tumoral P. I've got him on a raw diet. I have him on ivermectin to help minimize the demodex irritation, but he is still everyday uncomfortable, and I know that a regimen of of uh, steroids throughout his life is not only going to compromise his liver and kidneys and immune system, but potentially shorten his lifespan. Mm-hmm.
5: Absolutely. Now, you sound like uh, you had him allergy tested, is that correct?
12: Yeah, we did both the vol, which I guess are not necessarily very accurate, and then we did the scratch testing, um, and he came up with... um pretty bad allergies to people, to mm-hmm. chicken, eggs, corn, rice. Wow. Uh, pretty much everything that's in commercial dry dog food, which forced us to the, the raw diet.
5: <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. So um, if, you ha- if you had an allergy tested, did you at any time pursue allergy injections or desensitization therapy?
12: We, di- we did, yes. I, we went through that for about a year. It seemed to have no effect whatsoever, and then we were going to do a rush induction, Um, And did that... uh, I'm sorry, we did do a rush induction, and that still seemed to help, not at all. And and I I know most dogs are allergic to certain seasons. He seems to be allergic (laughs) year-round.
5: Okay. Yeah, and wow, what a a lot you got going on with this baby. I mean, the real problem that we have is that when we attack a lot of these allergy issues with the immunosuppressants, the prednisone, the cyclosporine, things like the Demodex kind of come to the surface. And truly, um, we are hesitant to try to use anything really potent on the allergies till we can clear the Demodex. And that can take a long time. Um, Some dogs, we don't clear it. And it's a constant battle with that. So for me, when I hear of a pet that we're dealing with allergies, that having an active Demodex break, Um, that's where I try to focus a lot of my efforts, that and any other concurrent infections, bacteria infections, yeast infections, and try to address those things and to address that as much as we can and then say, okay, let's regroup and then look at things uh, like steroids or uh, cyclosporine because it's actually the use of things like steroids indiscriminately a lot of times with these allergy patients that they give relief, but they can set up the pet to um, break with these uh, mites, uh, the demodex mites. So right. that is... That's probably the, the best avenue that I could say to go to try to get a handle on things. And then if diet, if it is a year-round issue, then, gosh, yeah, the diet would be a, a huge focus on how I would try to um, address that. And and definitely a lot of the um, the blood allergy testing for food allergies is not always very useful. Um, yep. So we usually try to do more of uh, the elimination diet. So things like raw are fine, but there's still things in raw food that can be an, an allergy. Um, so I'm not sure what therapies you've tried, but whether we go with a hydrolyzed protein or even a novel protein diet where we're trying to eliminate and only pick a few ingredients and keeping it really uh, pure, if you will. Um, and that's how I like to go after the food allergy component with the, the year-round issues. And then sure. making sure fleas are under control. Got to keep those fleas under control as well um, if that's an, an issue for your area.
12: It's not. he was uh, he was in Las Vegas, and actually unfortunately now he is um, he's in Arizona for the time being. Um, but we did do the elimination diet. We did that for about two years with the journal. Um, and we we have him on a minimal amount of ingredients which seem to be okay. Um, this is what I'm just saying, and I had to get the wall a little bit.
5: Yeah, and and it will be, in his situation, I would be realistic in that this is going to be a lifelong battle that um, a lot of times uh, looking for the inexpensive or the end of the road um, is probably not likely going to be there because he's always going to have issues and you're going to have to modify that, especially as you move from one locale to another with him. Um, And I recently had someone move to from Michigan to Las Vegas and they said, oh, we did all the allergy testing in Michigan and you know what, we know he's allergic to things. And I said, well, you know, after you're in a new environment, there are different allergens and some may be a greater component than others. So um, retesting when there is a move and potentially going on another allergy therapy, Therapy, um, might be another thought uh, to consider as well.
1: Erin, we wish you the best of luck with that. Lori Brooks, working hard in the newsroom. We've got a couple of dogs in there today, and uh, yeah, I do. I, I don't Lucy
10: and, yeah, and Gordy.
1: L- Lucy and Gordy. Now Gordy doesn't usually come in, does he? Oh.
10: Yeah, what he wants. Gordy is a hospice dog, so Gordy gets to do whatever Gordy
0: wants to do. Does he help you pick news
1: stories?
10: If he happens to be at my feet, but no, usually he prefers to be up in upstairs in the bedroom.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the dream team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, it's Cable, and we're talking about dogs. I'm
13: going to give you a little project. I want you to watch your dog for a week. His body language, the way he moves, his energy level. Is he calm and happy or wound up and manic? Watch your dog as much as you can for an entire week. Just observe your dog's behavior, and then really think before you react. I'll give you an example. I was in the dog park just yesterday. A woman with a smaller dog is walking. Her dog barks at just about every single dog and just lays into this bigger dog. The bigger dog is calm and relaxed and pretty much just wants to say hi do a little sniffing around you know you can observe the different energy one dog very nervous very afraid manic anxious fearful the other dog calm relaxed la-di-da what do you think her response was well she immediately snatches the dog up is holding the dog going oh it's okay it's okay now that would be the perfect thing to do if the dog were human but it's a dog so what do you think the dog gets from that He's acting crazy and gets affection. So that tells him it's a good thing he's acting like that. She's reinforcing it. It also tells the dog, yes, there is something to be afraid of. And you're right to be afraid. Best thing to do since the dog's on a leash is just turn around and walk the other way. if you can't do that, you get out in front of the dog to show him you're in charge and you're gonna protect him. You're the pack leader. This is assuming, of course, the dog that he's afraid of is mellow. You don't want to get in the middle of two insane dogs. Now you also give your dog a correction to refocus his mind. A little jolt of the leash, little hand signal and you do it over and over again until the dog starts to understand that that behavior is the wrong behavior. When the dog is mellow, you say good dog. The more in charge you are, the more calm you are, the more calm your dog's gonna be. Dogs are like kids. They need boundaries and you're the only one who can show them what they are. But you can't do it with words. You've got to do it with body language and corrections and a composed calm self. And don't forget the praise. So go out there and watch some dogs. Watch yours. See if you can figure out what your dog is saying. And before you ask Think about the message it's sending the dog.
11: Hi, this is Bob Barker on Animal Radio, reminding you to help control the pet population. Have your pets spayed or neutered.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the dream team now with the free animal radio app for iPhone and Android.
1: In a few minutes we have for his second appearance, Prince Lorenzo Berghese will be joining us. Ooh, la, la. Yes. His true love is really the animals, and yes. he's Doing a lot for them, and we'll talk to him again in just a few minutes, right here. Of course, there's so many ways to ask your question. You can ask from the Animal Radio app. It's a free download for your iPhone or for your uh, Android smartphone, as well as listen to the show. Uh, Just like Jerry, is it Jerry? Hi, Jerry. How are you doing?
14: I'm fine. How are you?
1: Very good. Where are you calling from today?
14: I'm from West Virginia. What city? It's Charleston.
1: Are you listening on WSCW?
14: Yes, where I listen at.
1: You guys, I love you out there. Thank you so much. I love your southern draw. I just get so <laughs> tickled with the southern draw. But I know you're calling about turtles, right?
14: Right. What's going on? And, well, my daughter got this little turtle. It was not bigger than, well, it was a little bit bigger than a quarter when she first got it. Ooh. Okay, but we've had it for like five years now. And it's now probably about the size of a child's baseball mitt. Okay. Mm, Okay. okay. It's grown. It's really grown. And the problem is is that my daughter has gotten a back problem where she's having a hard time getting this huge tank that it's in cleaned. Okay? Okay. And what I wanted to know is if there's any way that it can be released without, I mean, I... I mean, we'll keep it and figure out something. But I, what I wanted to know is if, it, if they can be released safely. Um, you know, who okay. she, has been with us for a long time. <laughs>
5: Sure. Now, the thing I'll tell you is the red-eared slider, while well, it is found, you know, out in the wild and in, in much of the country, um, it, it increasingly has become what we call an invasive species. So people take their pet sliders and they get to a point where they can't manage them and they release them into the wild. And they actually can be a huge problem impacting other wildlife, whether it be plant or fish species, species, um, or other, um, animals competing for the same food source. So we, we really don't recommend that. Um, and not only that, but there's also diseases we can introduce that might be present in captivity that we can bring to those wild turtles. So I, I don't recommend that. What I would say is, you know, if it's no longer possible to keep this turtle in your house, um, you know, I would certainly look into adopting it. Um, you know, there are. About that. Yeah, and you can actually check with your, um, if you check for local herpetological societies, there's a lot of, uh, you know, these, believe it or not, there's a lot of reptile lover groups out there. We have them out in, in my Vegas area, and you can get some good um, direction from those individuals on who might um, be able to take the turtle um, or adopt it. Um, so, um, you know,
14: they, well, they have special needs, so. Yeah, what about, okay, it's in this a big aquarium, but what, can they, can they be put in, um, like, a tote or something that's not as heavy? Or do they just, I mean, I didn't know if that kind of plastic would hurt the turtle or, you know. You, a, you said a, in a tote? A tote, like, yeah, you know, like a big tote, a big plastic tote. And it would have more like room. A storage I, tote. I, I, okay. I don't know if they could. Can they get out? I mean, are they. They're not all water, are they? I mean, they don't have to be in the water all the time, do they?
5: N- not all the time but they do need a good amount of water um, yeah. to swim to feed in uh, you know to soil in and then also they'll have to have some area to get out and kind of dry out at times so I, in my experience i find that aquariums are the the safest way to do that yeah. because we often um, the plastics don't hold up well um, yeah. also the height of that does matter because these guys can climb out of their enclosure yeah. so you want to make sure you have um, an, a proper fitting lid with a screen top and we can't forget that in captivity we we have to meet nature's, um, uh, you know, creation. So we have to provide UV light as well as a heat source, and plastic right. is not going to survive really well with that. Yeah. So yeah. Um, your your glass enclosures are going to be the best way you can do that um, and contain, you know, the water and the soiling and all of that.
14: Okay. So uh, What was the name of the, the group, Herb, what was it that you called the...
5: Herp. I would just uh, say herpetological societies. Herpetological. So if you look um, under okay. like herp uh, fanciers, and okay. it basically means um, folks that you know enjoy uh, reptiles of all different sorts.
14: Okay. Well, we love to too. I mean, we. But I mean, just Tonya's getting to where she can't. You know, it's hard for her to clean the tank and stuff. So, but anyway, I sure appreciate your help. Okay. And well, good luck I love with that the program. Well, I absolutely love it
1: well thank you so much for listening there in charleston west virginia we appreciate that jerry call back if you have any further questions yeah we had um on what was it a couple of weeks ago we had on the uh president of the african who was it Lisa, Lisa with, with the
3: turtles, Turtle Society, Society. Mm-hmm.
1: and that she spends a lot of time taking care of adopted turtles or yeah, turtles rehoming them, re-homing them people so. that
3: have passed away, and looking for places for their turtles. Yes, these yeah. places you, exist.
1: Yeah. It's
5: funny that she called because this week we've had a kind of at my hospital we've had a rash of turtles and tortoises really being injured, uh, chewed on by dogs, really, um, being run over by cars in the driveway, things like that. Oh. So you know, if you do take on one of these pets, you know, you have to be aware of their environmental needs and and really make sure you have a safe Home
0: for
1: they them. live a long time, don't they?
5: They do, and you know sliders can live up to you know 30 40 years, um, and they can get quite sizable, you know, up to you know twenty centimeters. So they can get pretty darn big, and and they can be a bit aggressive too. So really you know, okay. yeah. aggressive, yeah. So you have like... to watch your. Mm-hmm. Um, just meaning, I have one that comes in. I think I talked about her before. She lays eggs every year, and uh, she'll take your fingertip if you get it close. <laughs> <laughs> <She's> <laughs> I, I'm pretty him. quick, so yeah. I, I get out of the way. <laughs> oh,
0: wow. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, this is John Grogan. I'm the author of Marley
12: and Me. And I just hope that everybody can find a dog to love and to keep that dog in their family for their whole lives.
8: If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch! Well, by wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you.
0: Painless. No more pricking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork.
8: You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-785-1673 800-785-1673 800 785 That's 800-785-1673.
0: Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis.
1: If you uh, just tuned in this hour, last hour you missed uh, The Lady Who Makes Pants for Dogs. And uh, quite an intriguing... And if you missed it, that's okay. You can head on over to the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android and listen to it again. But this hour... I'm telling you, it's going to get even steamier. The ladies are very excited. Prince oh Lorenzo Borghese <laughs> will be back with us, and uh, for his second time. I don't know. What you he's can up leave,
3: to. Hal. We we don't need you for this one. Us girls can take over this I'll just, one.
1: I'll just go. I'll just, no reason for me to be here. Why don't you? Uh, why don't you invite any? Uh, you know, hotties. Uh, female. I hotties do.
3: On. I, I make it balanced. There's been plenty of women balanced on that okay. you've been. oh gaga. hell, you're over. just. He's just uh, overpowered right now. I know. You can't stand it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think Joey has already left, in fact. He's so intimidated. He did. Yes, he did. He was too intimidated. Yes. Uh, So uh, that's coming up this hour. But before that, we're going to take your calls. And we'll also do a check of the news. And you're working on that, Lori. What's going on?
10: Well, there's an incredible story about a town that has done really what you think would be the impossible. To help dogs in their area over their fear of fireworks. It's hmm. amazing. Huh. Okay. I wonder
1: what they did. I don't know. I yeah. what could you do? Something we could use because yeah. I know Ladybug freaks like nobody's business when she hears fireworks.
3: Yeah, and one of my cat runs under the bed. Eesh. We
5: just go out of town.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. But do you take the dogs with you?
5: Oh, well, yeah. I'm not <laughs> afraid of the
1: fireworks. <laughs> Hi, Aisha. Hi. Ah! You must be a child of the 90s, a young gal, huh? Oh,
15: well, you're flattering, but not hardly. A child of the 70s.
1: Really? I thought Aisha was kind of a newer name, no?
15: No, it's one of the older ones. All the other shahs are the newer ones.
1: Ah, oh, okay. <laughs>
15: one of the old shahs.
1: So what's going on? I have Dr. Debbie right here. I understand something's going on with your animal.
15: Yes. Hi, Dr. Debbie. How are you doing? Hi, super. And how about you? I have a three-year-old Doberman. Her name is Diamond. And she has... Um, well, we're calling it incontinent. She um will lay down, and it's, it's kind of like she potties in the bed. She'll be laying on her dog bed, and she'll just urinate. And when she gets up, there's a nice little potty spot where she's where she okay. was laying. Um, and she's she's great. She's a wonderful dog. She's great with the kids. I would love to have her sleeping, you know, in the kids' room on a dog bed or something like that. But I, or even on the bed, but I just can't trust that we won't have that problem with the urination.
5: And she's pottying outside during the day okay?
15: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So it's not a potty training issue. She knows to go outside. Um, It just seems like usually when she's sleeping, if she has been asleep for a long period of time and she gets up whatever blanket or area she's on, there's a nice little urination spot right there. Mm
14: -hmm. Okay, yeah.
15: And so. um, and I've been told that there's medication I can give her, but no one seems to know the name of the medication, anything about the medication, So, um, just your thoughts.
5: Okay, absolutely, yes. And when we have a dog, especially a female dog that is incontinent, leaking urine when they're sleeping or relaxed or getting from a lying position, getting up, um, yes. we, we tend to look for female um, incontinence um, medications. And is she spayed by any chance? Yes, she is. She does. Okay. Because the, the number one population we see this in is the spayed female dog. And some some thoughts actually recognize this problem could be as high as fifteen to twenty percent of dogs that are spayed. It's oh, one okay. of the reasons that nowadays many um folks with the laparoscopic spays are actually just removing the ovaries because it's uh thought to maybe be implicated with that. Um okay. but yes, so there are some very useful medicines, and I can tell you my own labrador is on two of those to help control her problem. Because um, it was, yeah, I recognized it in my dog at two years of age. Um, Okay, and so the first line medication. um, Well, I'm going to back up. First, the, always what I'd like to do first is to check a urine sample. Make sure nothing's going on in there. No signs okay. of infection. Make sure there's no crystals that might make us worried about bladder stones, things of that nature. Um, once that's good, then I'll look at the medicine. And the first one we go to is uh, phenolpropanolamine, or okay. Proin, is one of the common trade names of that. And that's something that it's generally given twice a day to three times a day, and um, can for many dogs do wonderful. To help improve the tone in the bladder, so that we don't have these leaking episodes. Okay. Um, beyond that, there is also an estrogen compound. It's called diethylstilbestrol, and oh, we, abbreviate, wow. we abbreviate it DES. Okay. Um and okay. it it has to be uh, compounded at a outside pharmacy that uh makes prescriptions. Um so you probably won't find that readily at your veterinary office unless they already have someone compounding that. Okay. Um and that um it's not always the first choice because it's an estrogen compound and we have to kind of watch to make sure we're not giving too much um that it can suppress the bone marrow. We can relieve. Really, uh, lead to problems with uh, anemia. Um, okay. I've never seen it. Um, it can happen, and we worry also about, you know, giving too much, causing estrogen stimulation, so maybe feeding the concerns with breast cancer. Um, okay. So we want to use this cautiously with veterinary supervision, but I can tell you um, that but, Yeah, drug, What, is, what um, is
15: your dog? You said your
5: dog is on what? She is on both of those. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes, um, and um, we actually had her on the phenopropylamine for quite a few years and she did well with that. And then eventually we lost control and she started having leaking. So we added in the DES and that's usually added in at first we start on a daily basis. And then some dogs we get down to just maybe once or twice a week and oh, wow. that kind of helps control. And it's interesting, both of these medicines when they're used together, they, they work better than one agent by themselves. So um, it's not unusual that we'll we'll use them to gather for a pet. And I'll have to tell you that, um, you know, Dobermans are Definitely a breed that can have an incontinence problem, even if they're not spayed. So um, wow. we do see okay. that um, very commonly in these in these gals. So uh, could
15: it have um, anything to do with the tail docking, or is that just not not it?
5: probably not um, okay. and, and I mentioned okay. that you know there's some thought that perhaps uh, having surgery in that area basically having the uterus removed might cause some change to the nerves in the area or to uh, you know the the structure in that area but okay. um, now and then there are some other more extreme techniques and I can't tell you I've had anybody go through them but I've heard of some fellow colleagues um, that pets can have collagen injections into the bladder oh, wow. and that um, helps to give a little bit of a thickening to the bladder and for many dogs that may work wonderfully but it can have a temporary effect so they have to go back for you know additional treatments and that's usually done at specialty centers um vet schools things of that nature so okay um, okay not widely used okay okay um thank
6: you
1: we wish you the best yes. of luck with that aisha thanks for calling
6: okay thank you so much animal radio Hi, how are you doing today good how you doing so far, so good, but it's still early. Uh, <laughs> who is this? Uh, this is Bill. Hey, Bill. I talk to, I've talked to you guys before. As a matter of fact, I think I'm, I, I mean, I know I'm the one that gave you the uh, thumb cure for your uh, yeah. sore throat. Oh, I use
1: it all the time now, yeah. and I pass it on. Thank you so much for that information.
6: Isn't that amazing?
1: It is amazing.
6: I never get a sore throat now at all. I haven't had a sore throat in probably fifteen years. Yeah. Wow!
1: Yeah, it's improved my sex life too. And, and but,
6: <laughs> yeah, so, how are you using this?
1: <laughs> and any other tips you have? You just bring them on, Bob. But Bill,
6: <laughs> Bill, yeah, Bill. Um, well, I got a little story here. My wife and I were dog groomers um, before I became a truck driver, and she still grooms dogs at an animal hospital down there in Florida. Uh-huh. But um, we had this one customer who had a, a Shizu, And he had his dog uh, neutered. Him and his wife, our girlfriend, had the dog neutered. Uh Well, they felt that the dog was rather embarrassed about this. Sure, sure. So, well, they had us leave a tuft of hair back there, where his testicles were, <laughs> and, and they had it, and each time they had it groom, they didn't want to touch it. They wanted it to get bigger and bigger. Uh,
1: <laughs> just to, just to oh cover God. up that area there. Well, you know they have what they call nudicles. Have you ever heard of nudicles, Bill? Yes, I have. I you... have. It, uh, implants. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> testicular implants, fake, fake implants uh, for uh, those that might be a little, uh, you know, I, conscious about yeah, that. Yeah, I
6: like the hair thing. Let's
3: not go do surgery. I like the hair.
6: <laughs> Nobody yeah, that's too, much that, that's too much surgery. That would be worse than declawing uh, um, a cat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay, well, you know, I guess that's another solution if you're one of those people that uh, doesn't want to get your animal neutered simply because... They won't look macho anymore. They won't have those things dangling there. Yeah, yeah you can oh, cover it up with that. I kind
6: of think it was an owner problem instead of a dog problem. It, it, it <laughs> usually is. Yeah.
1: Usually is. The dogs aren't too concerned about that. Bill, thank you so much for your call today.
6: Thank you very much, and uh, keep keep squeezing them thumbs. I will, I'm will. i squeezing them right now.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android
13: hi it's alan cable here's a dog tip for you you're at a dog park you don't like letting your dog off the leash you're not certain if your dog will obey you when you call him but what the heck you feel bad you want him to run free so you let him go everything's going great till this one dog shows up and your dog takes off you try calling him but he pays no attention to you now think about it what's your next step is it frustration yelling do you walk towards the dog mad body all tense already knowing as soon as you get close he's gonna run away the only thing you can think of is you gotta get by that collar. Okay, let's stop and look at this. Your dog's not listening. He doesn't respect you. Dogs respond when you're secure and confident, calm, when you act like a pack leader. Now, providing your dog already understands what it means when you say come, if you can approach him calmly and put him in the submissive position below you, give him a correction right then and there, bad dog, put him on a leash, great. But if you can't catch him, (laughs) well, the odds are you're going to be frustrated. You got to fight that. Now, you probably shouldn't have let your dog off the leash because you knew to begin with he wouldn't listen to you. He wouldn't come when you called. But you did. So the point is, what do you do? What's your response? Turn the opposite way and start walking. Now, some dogs are not going to pay any attention and not care that you're gone. But most dogs are going to notice because you're walking away from them, the pack. You're giving them no attention, nothing. So what do you do when your dog does approach? Reprimand him for not listening the first time? Heck no. Every time your dog comes to you without being called and is close to you, praise him. Good boy. Because if you reprimand him when he comes to you, he's never going to want to come to you. He's going to associate it with unpleasantness. Well, every time I go over there, I get yelled at. Instead of, every time I'm near that other dog, well, I get some attention. You correct them when they're doing what you don't want. You praise them when they're doing what you do want. And when they're calm, just laying there. That's when you give them attention. When they're jumping around like freaks before a walk or when you just come home, pay no attention to them. Till they mellow out. You can even say that, mellow out. When he gives you that, you praise him. Teaching your dog to be mellow and calm That's the way to go. That's when you give attention.
3: Do you travel with your dog? Of course. My pets are part of our family. Me too. I take Daisy with me everywhere. Right, Daisy? (coughs) So, how do you find out what hotels welcome your dog? I read Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Sounds perfect for planning our next vacation. Right, Daisy? (coughs) It is. Their motto is, leave no dog behind. And they have great hotel and destination reviews. Where can I find the magazine? Go online to FidoFriendly.com. I will for sure. Come on, Daisy. We're off to find our next adventure.
8: Hey, this is Sean
0: Hayes on Animal Radio. Remember to spay and neuter your pets. Check out Animal Radio highlights. All the good stuff without the blah, blah, blah. Browse on over to AnimalRadio.pet.
1: It's Animal Radio, and the moment all of the ladies have been waiting for the entire show. Hal. Back for his (laughs) second appearance, we have Prince Lorenzo Bergesi joining us. Welcome back. How are you doing? I'm great, thank you. How are you? Couldn't be better. The ladies, uh, they all get a Twitter when you come on the show.
3: Yeah, we wanted to kick Hal out of the studio. We don't need him for this one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I wish I was in the studio with you. It would be a little more fun
11: what
3: we spoke oh maybe we well, yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah next time yeah.
3: next time there you go
1: you found your real love and for listeners that don't know that that's the animals
11: well i founded a charity called animal aid usa and i uh, i i co-founded it in 2012 and it's a group of all volunteers meaning no one gets a paycheck and we just do it because we love animals and my group drives from South New Jersey to Georgia once a month, and we go to uh, very high kill shelters in Georgia, and we save on average about 175 dogs a month. Wow!
1: So you're you're transplanting dogs that are otherwise homeless in the southern part of our country to the northern northeastern part of our country to find homes.
11: Um, well, we, we're transporting them from Georgia in a county that. That unfortunately has a very high kill rate, and the, the shelters that, that we deal with have a ninety-eight percent kill rate. That wow. we bought down to ten percent, mm. and through our receiving rescues and our partners, we actually transport the dogs anywhere from actually Florida all the way up to New Hampshire, but primarily on the on the East Coast.
5: Mm. Are there anything special about these dogs, or are they certain um, you know breeds or appearances that you might don't have in these other areas?
11: Um, well what's special about them is, is, you know, first of all, that they're dogs, and I think they're, they're all special. But um, what's interesting is the area that, that we pull from, there's a lot of pure reds there. There's a lot of puppies. There's, there's you know, very cute mutts. There's, I, I, I don't know why, but for some reason in this one area, there are a lot of, I guess, not responsible pet owners that don't stay neuter but have purebreds and, and cute dogs that, are, that continue to get pregnant and they just let these dogs out and the dogs are roaming the streets or they're using for target practice. Some are shot, some are uh-huh. run over by cars. It, it's, it's just really sad to see. What we do is we take pictures of all these dogs and we send them out to our rescues to see if they want to take them. And if they do, then we pay for their shots, we pay for spay and neuter, and we get them a healthy dog ready for adoption and they actually make money from us because they get an adoption fee.
3: Now on now the, so, the Bachelor, you didn't find true love, but you recently found true love of another breed. Tell us about Titan and how you met Titan.
11: Well, Titan, I, I, I actually live uh, on the East Coast and I know this woman, Kim, who's out in California and she's involved with Shelter Hope Pet Shops and I've worked with her in California to help save some of, some of the dogs out there and um, I, I was going out there for a TV segment, and they said, you know, let's go ahead and, and put together a PSA, public service announcement, promoting pet adoption, and can can you do that and make it sort of fun, and we'll have dogs from, from the West Coast that are out for adoption. So I went over to her house, and there were all, all these really cute dogs available for adoption, and I said, I really want to promote um, pit bulls because they're actually one of the most loving dogs in the United States. but unfortunately are one of the most common dogs to get euthanized and and one of the most dogs um, that people don't really understand. So um, the the skit is that I have all these dogs to choose from and out of the dogs I pick Titan which um, is not only a pit bull but is a a male pit bull (laughs) and everyone thinks that I'm going to be picking you know a human and a female human and, and I go home with a male pit
3: bull. So Titan gets the rose.
1: <laughs> and it's a great message. A great message because pit bulls, really, they do get a, a bad rap, and especially media, and I, I'm afraid my peers, when they find a, a dramatic story about a pit bull mauling or something like that, they run with it. And the fact of the matter is is that pit bulls can be very docile and can be very friendly and very loving, right?
11: Well, 100%. And, and pit bulls aren't born to be aggressive and, and to fight. Usually, and I would say in over 90% of the cases, whenever a pit bull bites, it's been trained by its owner to do that. And, it, you know, they're smart dogs and they're very loyal dogs and, and they listen to their owners. So if the owners, you know, um, rewarding the dog for, for, you know, biting another dog or, or biting a human, it, it's positive reinforcement, reinforcement to the breed. And that's that's where they get the you know all, all the bad rap from. It's not it's not because they're a bad breed. It's because of how they've been brought up. And you know it, it's almost um, you know humans aren't that different either. If, if, if we're going up and our parents are telling us that stealing's good, we believe our parents and we want to make them proud. And we we continue to steal, but not because we want to do it, but because we want to make sure that our parents are proud of us. And in a way, that's how pit bulls react when you know all they want to do is please their owners and. You know, if you take a, a, a puppy pit bull, a pit bull that's never been anyone, that dog is the most lovable
1: uh, breed that you can find out there, least in my opinion. Absolutely. Well, you know, the big biters are like dachshunds, and it's just it's that. Small, yes.
3: Yeah, but they're just not as strong. They don't inflict as much damage, so they don't make headlines when you get bit by yeah. a dachshund or a chihuahua.
1: We're with uh, Prince Lorenzo Borghese. Are you still a bachelor? I am still a bachelor. Okay. <laughs> I, uh... Good to know. I just, you know, I, I can't imagine. <laughs> Ladies, he's obviously hot, and he loves animals, and that is really the wow. really all you need, right? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, we uh, enjoy talking to you as always, and hopefully we'll do it again very soon. Well,
11: thank you very much for, for having me on, and, and I, I appreciate you sharing the message, and, and you know, yeah,
0: helping me and everyone else involved speak for the animal.
1: If you want to see the video that uh, Prince Lorenzo Bergese was talking about, I'm going to put a link over at animalradio.com.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, this is Justin Tyler Ferguson from Modern
11: Family. I'm on Animal Radio. Adopt a pet.
7: How would you like to save money on nearly all your prescription drugs? We've set up a special toll-free number for the Rx Outreach Program. Call with your prescription and find out for free how little you can pay for your prescription drugs. Remember, we don't take insurance, so call right now.
8: 800 689 0143. 800 689 0143. 800 689 0143. That's 800 689 0143.
7: This is an animal radio news update.
10: I'm Lori Brooks. If you are a pet parent, well, there's a few days of the year that you probably dread, like New Year's Eve and the 4th of July. Fireworks just drive animals crazy, especially dogs with their sensitive hearing. Many, in fact, will hurt themselves trying to escape the noise or hide. Dogs can bolt, and then they risk getting lost or hit by a car. Many wind up in shelters. Well, one town in Italy is now taking a huge step to reduce the fear of fireworks in their non-human population. population they're making a new law that fireworks in their town must now be silent as a way of reducing the stress that the loud noise can cause to animals not just
2: pets but also to wildlife too all right wait a minute now okay because i have to comment on something of course how do you sell fireworks that are silent i want to go into that market because i'll make a lot (laughs) of money that makes silent fireworks Really? There's a company that makes them?
10: Yeah, there's, that's what I found in the article. There's a company that makes them and they're
2: like starting to do booming business.
10: (laughs) But I thought the same thing. That would be, no pun intended.
2: How, let's 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 think about this now. We, yes. we, we might corner the market here. I want to know how they do that. It's little silencers on each one?
10: I like the visual better than the noise. Three months ago, a dog named Pirate and his owner arrived at a hospital in Argentina. The dog's owner had to go into the hospital for surgery, but sadly, he passed away. Pirate, though, never left the hospital, and now he roams the halls, hoping to meet up again with his human. Hospital workers don't even know their dog's real name, so they dubbed him Pirate, because as they say, no matter how hard they tried to keep him outside of the hospital, he got into the health center and visits the last place that he saw his owner alive. That was room 404. Well, according to a local newspaper there, when the pet owner died, the hospital staff wanted the dog gone. However, their feelings towards Pirate have changed a bit when they realized how loyal a dog he was. Now Pirate has been officially adopted as the hospital's mascot and comes and goes as he pleases. In fact, they say nobody really knows where they can find Pirate during the daytime hours, but at night he can always be found comfortably sleeping outside room 404. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at
7: AnimalRadio.com.
12: Hey, folks, this is Jackson Galaxy. You're listening to Animal Radio. Please do everyone a favor, spay or neuter your animals today.
10: You're hearing Lucy starting to throw a fit. (laughs) Growling. (laughs) Yeah, this is her. Give me
1: attention now. (laughs) She wants attention. Give her attention. Give her a big old hug. Lucy. Oh, Lucy. It's Animal Radio. We're very lucky and blessed we get to take our animals to work, and sometimes it means they want attention now. During the show. (laughs) And uh, we give it to them because that's how we roll here at Animal Radio. Hi, Lori. Hello, hi. Where are you calling from today?
16: I'm calling from uh, West Reading, Pennsylvania.
1: Oh, listening on WEEU. Thank you so much. Right, right. What's going on with your animals?
16: Okay, well, I have, we, we took in a cat. We have three cats. We had two, three cats. One died of diabetes in April. So we took in another cat that was stray in our neighborhood, big boy, a male. And one of our females, who's 10 years old, does not get along with big boy. And they usually would just growl at each other, you know, and that, that's it. And he's not a biter. He's very affectionate. He's, he's a love, really. But she does not like him. They don't like each other. Now, we haven't had any major problems because at night we have a huge cage for big boy that he used to sleep in. Now we let him loose at night. And the problem that we're having is that the Snickers, the cat, is beginning to sometimes drop poo, which is solid on the carpet, and she has urinated twice now, you know, in the living room and in the bedroom. And the problem, what we're trying to figure out, is how can we stop that? I used the Fennelway diffuser when we brought him in about nine months ago, and we used the remedy solution, you know, that you can get. So we don't know what to do to prevent that because... We want to keep our carpet nice, and we're getting our carpet clean. What what can we do to keep Snickers from being afraid of Big Boy? And yet they will eat together, and when my husband sits on the couch, Big Boy will sit on the floor, and the one cat will be on the couch next to him, and Snickers will be at his shoulder on the armrest of the couch. So what do mm-hmm. you do to make her less afraid of him? And we well, do had- have him in the cage. Now, ladies, we have had him out of the cage at night, and sometimes you hear a little growling. And then when she gets scared, she will throw up. Or just recently, she started doing that, though. Okay. Female cat.
5: A a lot depends on how we manage these situations by by what is physically happening happening with the kitties at the time. Mm -hmm. So um, if we're uh, a a lot of times if it's limited to growling, posturing, um, hissing, um, you know, we've got a little bit more wiggle room because we may not have a physical altercation going on. If we've actually got fighting, biting, um, where
16: fighting, no, 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 there's no biting. It's just the growling. And now though it's the The physical that she lets her territory be known By, you know, pooping on the carpet But, you know, the, the other thing is We've changed litter boxes Because we feel But he makes the litter boxes own And there's, you know, he goes in all of them
5: Right, and and before we make the conclusion that she's urinating and defecating because she's urine marking, th- that may not necessarily be the situation. It could mm-hmm. be an, an aversion to those locations, and you kind of alluded to that. So there, it isn't always that she's saying, "Hey, you know, I this is my spot. I'm going to mm-hmm. urinate, right, and defecate right. here." She could just be afraid of actually physically crossing the house or going down the stairs or or going to where she might um, right, encounter right. him. So the trick can be is sometimes when we have a cat who's in a aggressor, um, they may be actually kind of starting the offensive and they may be starting the growl or the posturing or making the eye contact to the other cat and intimidating them in that way. Mm -hmm. But in some cases, it's actually the other cat, the one that is actually appearing to be fearful, that can actually trigger the the attack. She does
16: does that. She will growl at him. I mean, he can just be like uh, two feet away from him and she will growl at him.
5: I equate this, you know, where your, your female cat, the way she's behaving, it's almost like my little sister when we were kids and she'd stick Mm -hmm. her tongue out at me across the room. It's nonverbal communication. You know, She's not threatening me in any way but Mm -hmm. she's antagonizing me. And so an aggressor cat, when they're faced with some kind of physical um, what looks like a fearful response they may actually be triggered to respond aggressively just because they see that and they think this is what I'm supposed to do because I know she's going to freak out next. So in some kitties and and this gets a little complicated some of the simple things we can try definitely the feel away I like that idea, um, it's very important to also Increase the amount of the kitty resources in the house. And a resource to a cat is food, water bowls, litter pans, right. and, um, nest nesting or perching sites. Right. We have so if you have,
16: many. we have been changing, we have been changing the location.
5: Yeah, and, and this may be a situation where if we're not going to do physical separation, um, then we may need to look into some drug therapy here. Um, these are very complicated issues, and, and anyone who's had a, a cat with a kind of aggression problems like this, mm-hmm. they can attest that the fearful response, the aggressive response they have is it's so intense that um, the effect can last for quite some time. So if a cat has an inner cat altercation and they're aggressive right, they right. may be agitated for days mm-hmm. so physically really- separating them is very important if we have any hostility going on and that may be just for a few hours but it can even be up to four or five days in some cats because they are just mentally agitated and then the sight of the other cat just reawakens all of those sensations that they're having so that is a very important thing mm-hmm. so not that putting them in a cage is necessarily the same thing because that's like my sister across the table just you know t- 20 feet away where she right. could still stick her tongue can, out at me I'm, and, and make me mad. So you need to make sure that they're actually physically separated where they can't see um, people, see themselves um, directly. The, the one thing that I would definitely, um, the direction I would go with things as far as with behaviorally, there's a lot of environmental things we can definitely do, but the direction I would certainly look at mm-hmm. is making sure that she has a full health assessment, um, have her checked out, because she might be the first kitty that I would talk about, you know, using some drug therapy. So for a cat that's really fearful, we might use medications that help to decrease their anxiety, Um, things like Alprazolam or or Valium, and that might help take her fears down, so help to not have these episodes. That's one way to go. Sometimes we'll, we'll medicate the the aggressor kitty if, if that seems more appropriate. So it, it definitely is going to take some work with yeah. your veterinarian. I, I don't think you're going to be able to fix this completely on your own. Um, okay. And I would you're doing some things that are really very good. And one is that using food as a positive reward, and that is um, just a natural thing. You know, cats love food, so you should really spare that for when you want to put the kitties together when they're in a calm unagitated state and that's when the food comes out. And you can even make it a special treat, you know, that's when the canned food comes out, um, or a special treat that they really like. And as long as they're behaving calmly, quietly, there's no posturing, there's no hissing, then that food makes that a good experience, and then you say, Okay, that's enough, let's separate you guys. We're gonna end on a good note, and um you know that's a good therapy session. So that's the kind of thing you can work with at home. You got a lot of work here. I I I definitely I, I feel for you, Lori.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio Call the dream team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
7: Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people. It was an odd scene in a Honolulu courtroom recently. Dogs of all sizes, even a spotted rabbit named Roxy, were among those gathered to watch as Governor Lingle signed a pet-oriented bill into law. The law allows residents to leave a trust fund for the care of their pet. Sixteen other states have passed similar laws. The average amount left to a pet is $25,000, although in 1993, tobacco heiress Doris Duke left $100,000 to her dog, and Golden Girls actress Betty White's will is reportedly leaving all of her $5 million estate to her pets. Now, that's a lot of dog biscuits. To find out if you can put your pet in your will, contact a local attorney. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio.
14: Animals are people too. Animal Radio.
6: Did he
14: say he said we're all across the USA the most listened to pet show today animal radio we're everywhere you go animal radio animal
17: radio hi rena how are you doing hi how are you doing
1: good where are you
17: I'm in Florida.
1: Where it's sunny and beautiful most all times. Of course, this last season's been kind of cold, huh?
17: Yeah, it's raining. Uh, been raining most of the day here.
1: Okay, well, how can we help you? Dr. Debbie's right here.
17: Okay, uh, Dr. Debbie. I enjoy your laugh, by the way, very much. I enjoy you <laughs> laugh. Thank um, you. Listen, I have three cats, but one in particular, her name is Biscuit. And uh, she's about eight or nine years old. Okay. And she uh, bites her left side quite a bit. And then she can be laying down and she'll abruptly sit up and she just sits there. And then she stares a lot. Okay. And I was just wondering uh, what's your opinion on what that could be?
5: And is it only the left side that she's kind it's of uh, bothering? Yes. Okay, is By there her actual... Hip.
17: By her hip okay. and her leg. And I've looked, you know, at her skin. I've taken her to the vet. And uh, he said he would have to, you know, do x-rays or scrape uh, some skin off. And that was mm-hmm. quite expensive, and I didn't have that done. And I was wondering if you knew what that could be. Well, yeah, I was and wondering if she could be in pain, you know, when she's laying down, and she'll just get up and sit up abruptly.
5: Yeah, and, and definitely that would be actually that would be partly my instinct from what you're describing is that when a kitty just kind of suddenly jumps up, looks like holy bejesus, or somebody bit my tail and, and reacts, whether or not they move or do anything afterwards, it, that's that's kind of a, a wake up where I'd say, you know, she's maybe not trying to tell us, but she's feeling something. And wow. there actually I've seen a lot of kitties with some similar syndromes where. It's not always an easy thing where we can peg a diagnosis just off of what what we have so far, but it does give us an index of suspicion that there is something and that this doesn't sound like it's necessarily a behavioral problem. So I would go looking for things that can cause pain, um, things that can cause any kind of distress, even when we throw in that kind of grooming behavior. If she's excessively grooming in a certain area, um, you know, we would think of skin disease. We can actually think of allergies as well. So uh, allergies, uh, food allergies or food intolerances can cause pets to, to do some kind of strange behaviors where they're kind of uh, uh woken up almost if you will at times but
17: um e- talk about that dr debbie the uh food they've been on science diet for quite a few years and and mm-hmm. i forgot what you said like take them it takes a month <clears throat> excuse me it takes a month like uh, change their food slowly and then did you say something about it? it takes a month to get uh, to change them to something else
5: Exactly. Yeah. So when we do a transition on food, we do it over about a week to 10 days. But once you get to a new food, a hypoallergenic diet or some other variety, uh, some route you're going, it can take a month to two to really see if it makes a difference. Now, I would certainly say, you know, there might be some other medical things I would look at. And, you know, if your veterinarian has talked about doing something like an x-ray, I'm going to back him up on that because I really think getting an x-ray can tell us quite a bit and some... Particular syndromes that I might look for that might be related to this could be something as simple as arthritis. Um kitties get arthritis, and eight isn't all that old, but you know, I have seen cats that have lower back pain, um arthritis, or even some hip um, arthritis. So that would help us to identify if that was a problem. We can get on the right medication, the right uh bearing, if you will, if that was an issue. The other thing is I have seen cats that have kidney stones or even bladder stones, and that can cause kind of a acute pain uh, where they react to that kind of out of nowhere. Uh, doesn't always have to be a problem with the litter pan that you see as their first sign of that something is wrong, so the x-ray would also help us in that direction. So if you had to pick something, I'd probably start there, but yeah, I think we're going to need to do a little bit of some investigation to find out a bit more Um And, uh, yeah, I I definitely respect that. You know, she's telling us something. It's just she doesn't have that human voice to back her up there. Speaking of
17: human voices, uh, Debbie, in the last, just in the last three days, there is a cat that cries outside. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's a lot of outdoor cats here, unfortunately,
14: Mm.
17: and mine are strictly indoors. And it, uh, it sits and just cries. It comes two or three times a day. And is this? I'm wondering if this mating season
5: is this mating season. Well, I mean, certainly, depending if that if that kitty's not spayed or neutered, then yeah, he could be looking for a friend. You know, he certainly may be aware uh, by sense, sight, or sound that you have kitties in the home and uh, maybe trying to do a little kitty communication and thinking we can get access into this home. Oh, so, okay. yeah, and. Yeah, so it's tough when you've got a lot of feral cats around and you don't necessarily want them to mix. So um, as best as you can to keep the physical barriers between the feral cats so they don't have access to create any disturbances inside the home because we can get indoor cats getting all shaked out of whack um, when it comes to litter box habits if a feral cats kind of come to that front door. Um, so um, I'd be careful with that because we don't want to set off a litter pan of, uh, riot in the household.
1: <laughs> you know. Thank you so much for your call today. We appreciate it. Well, that's all we have time for, Dan. i got to tell you, it looks like Lucy wants to go outside right now and and take a walk.
10: She's ready to wrap it up, Hal. That's what I'm
1: saying. So go grab your animals, whether it's your uh, kitties. Put the kitties on a leash or uh, the dogs or your iguana, your ferret, your flamingo, whatever. Take them outside for a walk right now and have some fun with them. Spend some me time with them.
3: And if it's cold outside or wet and mushy, you can wear, put,
1: wear pants. Put some pants on your dog. I wonder if she makes flamingo pants.
5: That's so weird, <laughs> Hal. I'm just trying to imagine that. I, I, don't, I, I don't don't know. <laughs> What about
3: pants for ferrets? They
5: have little legs, tiny little legs. Oh, they get out of them. They're so sneaky.
1: (laughs) Okay, we we definitely need to get out of the studio now. Have a great week, and be sure to visit us over at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app if you haven't done it. And we'll catch you next week right here for more Animal Radio.
10: Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Go on, Lucy.
1: This is Animal 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 Radio
11: Radio.
13: Network. Network.